have fun today and talk about where is your power? Where is your power? Everybody wants to know where the power is. Amen. Because oftentimes we go through the day and wonder, man, what's happening here? I feel insignificant. I feel like I'm losing the race or, amen, I'm getting, I'm on the bottom and getting beat up. And so to add strength to what we heard today in the now word, you want to quieten down all the loud voices and all the accusations and all the feelings and emotions that come in like a wave. This message is key. We know the culture outside of the kingdom of God is kind of messed up. Everybody agree? All kind of voices going on out there. All kind of trouble on every side. Amen. But we're encouraged in the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the Lord. And to make sure you're in Christ. Amen. God has given us everything we need in order to make sure. Amen. Of our salvation. You can be sure you can, you're saved. And, that, and, and I'm going to tell you something. It's wonderful to know something. But you can only know it by way of experience. It's powerful. You know, salvation is not about going to a heaven that's far away or escaping a lake of fire. That's not what salvation is. In our Christian world, that is promoted over and over and over again. So most people that go to church only go because they don't want to go to the bad place. And, and they'll, they'll tell you that. They, they, they think that's the truth. The bad place wasn't created for anybody. It was created for the devil and his angels. You mean the devil and his angels, they don't want to feel lonely, so they're going to try to get you to go with them. But God set us up to be powerful for him. You have been handpicked from heaven to be the apple of his eye, his treasure. And so salvation is about stepping back into our identity in Christ and living a fulfilled life as the house of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that God can finish what he started. Amen? Everybody believe God wants to finish what he started? Well, he limits himself again. I, I say this several times because it's hard to really catch that because the enemy wants to work against it and make you doubt the fact that God actually limits himself, amen, to fulfilling his will apart from you and I. God's got great big plans, but he won't do it without us. And so he is so merciful, he, his mercies are new every morning, and he's given out grace and abundance, amen, over and over again, and he keeps inviting us, it's going to be okay, let's get up, let's dust all, let's try this again, amen? And eventually he'll, we get to a place where we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you show me how to do this. I'm going to let you be God, and I'll be your child, Instead of, instead of trying to, I got it, Lord. Anybody ever said that out loud? No, but we sure do say it with our actions, don't we? And I, I qualify for saying that. I, I, I've, I've done that many times. So where is the power? Where is this power that we all want to walk in and, and enjoy? And so this assignment of Walking in the power of God can be challenging, to say the least. 
So can we achieve true communication apart from Jesus? It's a good question. You might want to write that one down and go check that out. Can we achieve true, and that's a key word, true communication apart from Jesus? But don't forget this, apart from Jesus, you can do. So, I mean, we just answered that question, didn't we? But there's a lot of communication going on that's not true. But it sounds right, it looks right, and we'll even try it out to see if it'll work. But we've all got, you know, paid the dividends for that, hadn't we? In more ways than one. And so Jesus addresses the two types of communication when he challenges the religious group and he, he lets them know. He says, uh, he says it this way in John 8, 38, which I didn't put in the scripture text, but I, I believe it'll help us today that um, the truths that I speak, Jesus said, I've seen and I receive from in my father's presence. I receive it in my father's presence. <sighs> in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's fullness. There's a knowing. There's healthy relationships. Amen. There, there, there's wonderful things that begin to happen. Amen. When we're in his presence, we can have communication. The Lord is in charge. And, and, and this is what's powerful about it. When we're in his presence, every relationship, everyone he places in our path is his assignment for us to confirm, amen, our love for him. Every person in our path is our assignment to validate our love for him. Amen. That the Lord would actually put people in your path and my path to confirm our passion for him. Amen. And people can get in your way can't they? Okay, I, I, I didn't ask for an amen, but since you said it. And it does appear like people are getting, it does appear that way. But the Lord says, no, they're not. That's the truth. You see, if you don't get the truth and get set free, then what appears to be, because you live in this vortex, this cycle, amen, of darkness that wants to go to church with you, Amen. And wants to have influence in our lives. And we'll, we'll, before long, we're making people the problem. And people are never the problem. But it sure look like it. Because that little lawyer that keeps throwing out all the evidence that people are the problem, he won't shut up. And it gets louder. And our world has gotten so loud right now around us. And our culture wants to correct everybody but can't be corrected. Amen? Do you love your country? Do you love the world you're in? Do you love the people of the world that you're in? And, and it's hard to if you're not walking in the power of his might. Where is this power? Amen. Very important that we, we talk about that for a little bit this morning. And so he tells the, the other group, he said, I... I Speak what I've seen, but you are doing what you have learned from your father. Amen. And so 
when we get so relaxed and at rest in our walk and in our true identity, we quit doing. And we only say what we hear our Father say. We become the king and the priest we're designed to be, to make declarations, to speak, amen, the truths that are creative and powerful and life-changing and bring hope and edify and build up and oh, words that validate and confirm the identity of those that God has placed in our path that the enemy wants us to walk on and to be offended with and to speak negative towards and be accusers of. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It don't stop. The enemy's working overtime to steal from you and I to kill and destroy the faith that God is trying to put in our spirit so that we can declare it and speak it because we receive it in the presence of Jesus. But you guys, he says, this is the other level. It's dark communication. It's not true. You do what your father has taught you to do. Amen. And you can go to church and do that, but you can't be the church and be a part of that. Amen. Where is this power? And so communication, healthy communication, the lack of healthy communication is a direct of who is actually our father of what's being said or either what's being done. Amen. We need to double check on who we're giving that place in our life to. Because the father of lies, with the way he speaks, does not equal a lie from logic. It looks so right. It looks so true. And as you've heard me say multiple times, you can actually put a Bible, to get, Bible study together and support a lie and not even know it. But a little leaven, a little leaven, just a little bit, leavens the whole lump. And so the Bible study becomes, amen, a problem with our ability to see and hear. Amen? We need a fresh word from heaven. That's why the Lord won't leave me alone, y'all. And I thank you, Lord. Stay on point with me because you're going to find out today that as much as you may want him, what comes with what he gives you, can be challenging. In his presence is full. Anybody want fullness? Well, I can assure you this. I promise you this. That whatever the challenges may be, <laughs> they're not to be compared with the glory of the fullness that comes as you let him wash over you in waves and bring hope to you while you may be going through something that's painful and challenging and unfair and, and, and you can put all kind of adjectives with it. In his presence, all those adjectives fall. Amen. There's fullness of joy. Your greatest place in him and your greatest experience of joy is yet to be experienced. But the greatest thing that you feared has not been faced yet, maybe, at the same time. Amen? Where is this power? And so, uh, 
James says it this way. I like the way he says it. You know, we, 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 we often uh, have these I'm not okay moments. And, and it's so tempting to point at somebody and say, <laughs> I'm not okay. And this is the reason. And uh, these relationships I'm blaming for my not okay moment are the most important relationships in my life because Jesus needs them in place <sighs> so that I can confirm my love for him. Now, logically, I think, Lord, I could do without a few of these relationships in place. And I can prove to you I love you. But he, somehow, he knows best. And uh, I'm coming to find out the Lord is not in, into the dynamic of pleasing anybody. He's into the dynamic of saving everybody that will let him. And to please me is not good for me. Y'all okay, catch that? Because in our culture right now, being pleased at top tier. Anybody a business owner? If you're going to be successful in our culture, you better be willing to please people. Or your business probably won't fly too long. Is that a truth? No, it's not necessarily a truth, but it's reality in our world. People want to be petted people want you to go the extra mile to make them feel valuable and important and the culture is demanding that the customer is always right is that true in the business world it is but in the kingdom of God it's not Jesus is always right does that help in somebody and so you can get pulled in because of the cultural influences, and you'll take that to church with you. And the next thing you know, you'll be doing exactly what Jesus won't do. He's not a man pleaser. Ever. He's not in the role of pleasing anybody. He's in the role of loving everybody. And what's best for me is not necessarily what pleases me. Is this tracking? Where is this power at? Amen. And so we've come to a place where we're getting salty, getting saltier. People are becoming more attracted to us. Amen. And, and, uh, but we have this problem that this weakness, this issue in our lives that we really don't know what to do with because it keeps showing up. And, and um, the more I go after the Lord, it seems like the more it wants to show up. James tells us in James 4 and 6, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it's, it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. Amen. But, but, but the idea that I can make myself humble is not true. 
I would love to be able to do that, but every attempt I've made is, has made me put a mask on of false humility. And our world is full of masks right now of false humility. So God resists the proud, but he gives grace. Anybody need grace? He gives grace to the humble. And so God knows how to bring us to a place where we can receive his grace. Why do I need grace? Because I need to be saved. Well, yeah, but in order for you to have fulfillment in your true salvation, which is your true identity, giving grace is here. Right here. It's up here. And so the people in your path that you really don't want to give any grace to because they deserve another break today, another kind of break today. But there's, there's a challenge with that. If I don't handle these people that I got a problem with, I've just rejected the one that loves me like he loves me. And he keeps revealing his love to me in multiple ways. Right? So, I need to get to this power. When God is allowed to give grace through us, when God is allowed to give grace through me to someone else, that's when I'm walking in power. We're gonna, we'll, we'll look at that in just a few more minutes and validate that. So, what am I focused on in my present circumstances? The challenges? Or the purpose. I've got some situations here in front of me. What am I focused on? What I don't like about it? Or the purpose? That's right in the mix of it. Ask yourself. Does the storm have more of my attention than the why I'm going through the storm? Why are you where you're at right now? What is ultimately God's purpose for you being in the storm that you're in that's so unfair that you're saying, I'm not okay? And it's somebody's fault. Hmm? Getting saltier. But man, with this salt, this problem keeps coming up. Now, You've got this wonderful weekend that you've planned for the kids to go to Disney World. They've never been before. And you talk about all the highlights of going to Disney World, and the kids are thinking, well, that sounds like a fun. I think I'd like to do that. But they have no clue of what it's going to take in order for us to get the luggage together, everything in the car, and then we're going to drive from here to Disney World. And they... Yeah, they're going to be griping and fussing on the way. When are we going to get there? And all the challenges on the journey. And before you get to Disney World, all of a sudden, Disney World ain't worth it. What in the world was I thinking? Is that like the Christian life sometimes? You start this wonderful race with the Lord, and Paul is asking the church the question, you started well, but what did hinder you? And so give me, give me just some leadway here to keep going back. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. The challenges on the way to this wonderful destination, amen, 
that's pushing back on you from enjoying something that you feel like you're going to get fulfillment in has brought you to doubt, wondering if it's ever worth it. And so why is my life a series of the same storm? Has anybody asked that question before? Have you ever said, I'm not going to do this again, and you did it again pretty quickly? <laughs> right? I'm going to read some scriptures that I feel like is important for me to read today to help you say, okay, now I'm tracking. Paul addresses this ongoing and unwelcome behavior in all of us in Romans 7, 15, reading from the passage translation I am, I'm a mystery to myself. Anybody said that before? I am a mystery to myself. For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. Verse 17. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. There's an intruder of sin in my humanity. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longing to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. Y'all tracking with that? Willpower is not. And we all, everyone in here could put a high five on that one. And, and, I, and I love the dynamics of where New Life Family is at because we're getting really honest with one another. And we're starting to tell the truth. We don't have it figured out. And we know there's more revelation to come, but we're finding out we need each other and we're starting to get connected to one another. And it's validating our need of God. The more I get connected with the body here, the more I need you in my life, the more it declares to him I need him at work in my life. I just can't make it from one Sunday to the next. The connection is so important with you. Why? Because it's more important, amen, for my spirit man and God to come into alignment. Hmm. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Verse 20. So if my behavior com contradicts my desire to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. But the unwelcome intruder of sin hinder me from being who I really am. What an agonizing situation I'm in. Anybody agree? So who has the power? Who has the power to re rescue this miserable man from this unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So if left to myself... The flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. All right, Pastor, okay, I'm getting it, but what am I missing here? Verse 1 of Romans 8, verse 1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who join in life union 
with Jesus, the anointed one. Those who let Jesus come and baptize them in spirit and in fire to empower them. Come on, we're empowered to do what? So we can walk in power. We're empowered, ladies and gentlemen, so that we can become available. We make the conscious choice. Lord, I'm available. I don't know. It don't look good where we're going right now. It kind of looks messed up, but I'm available. Amen. In his presence, there's fullness. I'm available right now, Lord. And I know I'm breathing because you are into the details of my life and the lives of those you have placed in my path. You don't miss anything. You don't miss anything. And every storm, every lie, every pit of resistance, every trouble, every trial, every broken relationship situation is nothing more than a platform for God to have more of my heart, more of your heart. Amen. We choose not to go do. We choose to be available so that he can speak through us creative words, declarations, the angels that he's already, the ministering spirits that are, amen, given as servants to the heirs of salvation, the heavenly host is waiting on our alignment with this truth. Paul said it. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation. Anybody want to get, make sure all the voices die? In his presence, you choose. Oh my, I was filled in 1974 with a spirit and fire, but that wasn't the last time I was filled. Amen. This renewing of the spirit, this praying in the spirit, this being filled. Until, and every time I get filled, more stuff comes out. Every time that, amen, the gushing of God's spirit gets inside, more stuff comes out and more room is made for him to be Lord in my life. So that there is no storm, there is no roaring lion, there is no lying spirit, there is no trouble that can come my way, amen, that I'll ever fall to because he is king of his kingdom within me. He empowers you and me to choose to be available so that through our choice of becoming available, he can show up in his house and then we can walk in the power of his might. The Lord makes this simple for everybody. And he wants us to give this good news message away wherever we go. God's not asking anybody in this world to be good. There's no one good but God. And you can't accomplish that, that dynamic apart from God being Lord in your life. He's asking us to be available so that he can show up in my life and be the good God that he is. And at the end of this thing, we all shout together, look what the Lord has done. But he empowers me in his spirit to make room for him. He empowers me in his spirit. I get an experience of his spirit so that I can say, you know, I need a little bit more of you, Lord. I'm hearing some voices. These voices are still echoing. Lord, can't give me some more. Until, until I can hear him on a level that there is no condemning voices no more. So if there's guilt and there's shame 
And there's any anxiety and frustration going on in your spirit right now because you want everybody in this room wants to be associated with the Lord. Everybody online today that's checking this, everybody wants to be connected to Jesus because he's the best personality there's ever been. He ain't never been anyone compared to him. We want to be connected with him. And he's made a way for us to let him in. He gives us experiences in him so that we'll open up. <sighs> That's the empowerment. Let him come in. Pastor Lou, you, you've said that four or five times. You know why I keep saying it? So? Because it's, it's, it's hard to get through our hard heads. We've got too much up here. We're too intelligent. We're dumb. God wants you to be smart. And being smart is this is light and simple. <sighs> We're facing some things in our world right now that you're not going to get through it without him being the captain of the ship. we got to let him in. So he empowers us to let him in. Man, I may have to stop right here. Because this is what the Spirit keeps letting me know. This is the challenge for most of the Christian world. We're not letting him in. There's a block. And we've got to be tired of the same old, same old, feeling God, but not letting God feel us. He wants you to know that there's an experience with him right now that empowers you to let him in. Well, Pastor, I thought that empowerment was for me to go love people and to be a better person and to work hard for Jesus. And some of you say, well, that don't sound right, but, man, I, I've been doing that. Yeah, I know, I understand. Me too. He's empowered us to come into fellowship with him so that he can assist us in walking with him, become one with him. That's when you're in his power. Unless the Lord do the work, my labor is in vain. But you don't understand, Pastor. I wrote a pretty big check last year. Man, I've done it. Boy, I was out there in the community service. Boy, I was doing some stuff. Boy, I fed a lot of people that needed food. And that's going to save you? Yeah, and we're going to keep feeding people, and we're going to keep writing big checks too. But that's, that's the Lord's. It didn't belong to me in the first place. That's not why he saved you. He saved you so you could come into fellowship. He wants Adam to walk with him. He wants Adam to catch the, the revelation of what identity truly equals. And Adam walks with the voice of God. Adam don't do the work. Adam speaks and the work gets done. Christianity don't get this as a whole. Pastor, you keep beating up on Christian. No, I'm beating up on the enemy that goes to church. And he, we ain't walked on him enough. We, we've got to walk him. Where is this power at? Amen. And so God achieves our victory, not us. 
What if Jesus is utilizing our weakness for our best interest? What if Jesus is utilizing the thing you don't like about yourself to be the common denominator of you coming into fullness? Paul says it this way, validates it, and I'm going to read this one too because it'll help some of us catch this and know, okay, well, that's what's been my problem. He said, he said, the extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. Now, how many has ever got to that place where, man, you know, I know so much about Jesus, but don't exalt me. He could actually say that, but, I, but, I, but I, I, I'm going to catch the spirit of how, why he says that. For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me. The adversary's messenger sent to harass me. Keep me from becoming arrogant. Does anybody want more revelation from heaven? Are you willing to deal with what comes with it? Yes, yes, come on, come on. He empowers you to deal with what? Well, I don't know, man. I've been going through. I don't want no more darkness coming at me. I hear you, but the reason we're saying that is because we haven't become available yet. Pastor, why do you have to go and rebuke me like that? I'm not preaching at nobody. I'm talking about the guy in the mirror I look at. If I'm bothered by a storm or a challenge or an accusation or whatever it is, hmm, I haven't given Jesus all the room he needs. Oh, that's not on Jesus, and it's not on the person I'm blaming. That's on me. And so I need more of Jesus. I need some more experience right now. For what purpose? So I can become, I can be more available for him to come and be Lord of his house. I think, I think we're starting to get this right now. The problem's never anyone. I'm not okay and it's your fault. It's never that. And it's never really the devil. There's a battle going on, amen, in the spirit. And somehow I'm convinced I need to be in charge. That's the problem. Revelation. And so, yeah, we all want more revelation, but we need to know how to deal with it. So, (laughs) verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power, amen, finds its full expression through your weakness. Whose power? My power? No, his power finds its full expression through your weakness. So God gives me an experience that empowers me to be available so that he can come even in my weakness and express his power through me. He can't do it when I'm arrogant. He can't do it when I advertise myself as the Bible answer man. Is anybody dragging? If if you don't know Jesus, come check with me. And when you get through meeting with me, you will know Jesus. He can't work through that. 
He wants to give me revelation of him on levels that are awesome. But in order for me to have that, he has to test me to receive that. But if I'm willing to be tested with his spirit experience, he'll come and then he'll work his power through me and express himself in a way oh, that's awesome. This is so important. This message is top tier for me. Amen. To realize that, oh man, all these opportunities that we, we, we don't want to face them, but he empowers us to face them so that he can be Lord and he can receive his glory. And all of a sudden, I'm going to think, you mean, Lord, you mean you can get more glory and you can fulfill your will and everything you've done for me, if I will just let you give me empowerment to be available to you, you can get all your glory that way? Okay, Lord, help. And he's good with us being honest. And so the greatest form of repentance, ladies and gentlemen, is when we tell, we tell the truth. Lord, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't, know. I don't want more trouble. I don't want more stuff going on in my life. And uh, Good. What if I give you something that will help you get through it with no problem? And me and you can have fun being together. That's a wonderful invitation. That sounds like good news to me. And so... Where we're at right now in our world, people are tired of hearing about Jesus. They want to see him. Don't tell me, show me. Amen. Encourage me right now to step into my identity. And so, I'm able to work my power, he said, and find its full expression through your witness. So, I will celebrate. This is what Paul goes on to say in verse 9. I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So, I'm not defeated by my weaknesses or my weakness, but delighted. Anybody delighted yet? That's the kind of experience God's ready to give you today, that you can become so delighted that God trusted you with the weakness that you have, amen, it becomes your, uh, your gauge. Oh, you're showing up now. Okay, I need more Jesus right now. And you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. You open yourself up and let him come, and he quietens that messenger sent from hell that wants you to feel guilty and shame and, and oppressed and uh, offended and whatever. The list goes on. He comes in such a way that he quietens that voice down and you're able to get up and look to the hills from which with your arms up, amen, and your heart available to him. He comes then and now he can reveal his power. Just waiting on you and I to be his platform. And the moment you let him come and take care of the guilt, the shame, and, and, and all the frustration in life, and, 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 but that weakness is there to coach you, coach you. Okay, you need more. You ain't got enough. You still, that voice still being there. And this is what Paul is telling us. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment when I'm surrounded with trouble on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. I don't hear a lot of Christians talking about their weakness being a portal to God's power. Because they don't understand it. They don't, they don't like what comes with it. When, when it becomes our opportunity to make sure it's God that comes in it. 
And we become a testimony of the kingdom of God. Amen. I, um, David's identity before he ever sat in the throne was a king. It was his identity. He was anointed as a lad to be the king of Israel. But he wasn't in the throne yet. And everybody in this room has already been purchased because of a sacrifice. And you are owned by God, whether you agree with it or not. He owns you. He just know, he won't make you agree with him. He'll wait on you till you decide, you know what? I think I probably need to agree with you on some things, Lord. But David, just like you, was a king before he ever sat in the throne. And there were some things that David learned while in the process of becoming the king that would sit in the throne. <laughs> That's powerful. Amen. Anybody need more grace? Paul learned these things so that he could give more grace. We learn but through our weakness so that we can be an extension of the grace of God. I've got multiple scriptures that I could read you right now that validates that you are the stewards of the manifold grace of God. That your identity includes you being one who gives grace. That means... Uh, by the way, if you don't know it, today there's going to be several situations that happen where there's going to be grace needed. If grace is not on board, you're not going to give grace. You're going to give something, all right, but it ain't going to be grace. And I think we could all encourage one another right now with that reality. We're not going to give our relationships any grace if we don't have grace on board. Who is grace? The one we make ourselves available to. So weakness, top tier, what does weakness do? It helps me become humble. <laughs> without weakness in my life, without the evidence that the enemy is using my fallen nature, the intruder is in agreement with a lie, I won't be humble. I'll stay arrogant because our culture and arrogance and judgment is it not so weakness is necessary for me to become the platform of humility by which God builds his house and once humility is embraced at that moment I can give the kind of grace that's necessary to those people in my path I love what the Lord is doing right now because he is uh, challenging us in an area where we never thought he would challenge us because we thought it was okay to, to do this. When my weakness is utilized for him to come in and create humility, it's at that point that God's available in my life and I now become a God pleaser. And power follows that. When I'm walking in this world, pleasing him, power. Now, this is a challenge in our church world, in our world as a general, but especially it's in the church. It's not possible for me to please God and please any other person on the earth. 
I can't please God and please Dathan. Boy, it's silent in the light. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, to please God, I can serve Dathan. And serving Dathan might be, that'd be the best thing for him. But to please God and to try to please Dathan, pleasing Dathan might about be the good thing for him. Well, let me say it this way. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. What man ever hated his body? And Paul's writing to the church about a man, a husband loving his wife. What man ever hated his body? Well, let me, this is how we treat some of our relationships like a Happy Meal. What if all I did for my body was feed it cheeseburgers and fries every day? I, but my body likes to eat that. Boy, that's awesome. Man, if I want a cheeseburger right now. But let me ask you a question. Is that necessarily good for me? But I like it. So I should be able to eat it, right? Well, that's what you want. You, you have the choice. If you treat your body like that, the consequences of a cheeseburger and fry lifestyle is going to show up. But I want to be pleased. I want to have it my way today. It's Burger King time. <laughs> we got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen. How can you please God and men at the same time? But Paul asked that question. You cannot be a servant of the Lord and please people. You can't do it. But I'm just going to tell you. The temptation don't stop. Pleasing you is not what's good for you. Give me an illustration, Pastor. Well, I'll give you the cheeseburger. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a relationship one now. Tell me anywhere you read where Jesus did anything to please Peter in their relationship. You can't. Matter of fact, I went and double-checked. Jesus didn't please anybody. And they loved him. He served them. He said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve. He said, I'm about my father's business. I'm going to please my father and serve you. And in the process, you're going to get what you need. It may not be what pleases you, but it's going to be what's best for you. Is this helping somebody? Because my weakness prefers certain things. And, and I like to feel like I can have it my way. And the Lord will let me go there. And all the voices that come with that keep getting louder and louder. Till we can't even sleep at night because I want to have it my way. I deserve it. I have rights. I'm an American. And the list goes on on why I have the right to have it my way. And the voices keep getting and wonder why we don't sleep at night. Wonder why we're frustrated. Wonder why the anxiety and the torment and the list goes on. And we'll go to church and say, man, I'm a believer in Jesus. No, you're not. Because when we believe in Jesus, 
we're going to let him come to his house. And we're going to let him be king of his kingdom within so that from us he can operate his power. He empowers us to do this, ladies and gentlemen. And the best thing for you is not to be pleased. The best thing for me is to let Jesus serve me so that I can become who he says I am. And I'm just telling you, truth makes me free from my weakness, the law of sin and death, the intruder in my life. Amen. When I'm allowing Jesus to come to his house and take over and sit down and sup with me and speak to my spirit. Amen. He has a way. And don't, don't, don't get mad at your weakness. Use your weakness as a platform to say, Lord, I need you. Amen. You know, there's a couple, I'm not going to name them, but there's a couple that live together. They're not here this Sunday. They may come in the future. They, they, they call me pastor. And they're the same sex, and they've, they're married, and they're living together. But they, when trouble comes, they call me. You know why they call me? Not because of Dwayne. Because daddy's doing something in my life. And he's humbled me by this. He loves them. He ain't beating them up. They're beating themselves up. But they can feel the love of God reaching for them. Not condemning them. Not judging them. They feel safe. Isn't that the way our daddy is? And he'll pull us out of whatever it is we got ourselves stuck in. And he's okay with that. And he trusts us with it. And he don't look at us as less than valuable. Everybody is his treasure, regardless of what we label it. Where's this power at, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus could say to Peter, this is very important. We're close today. Jesus could say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what's going on right now. Why could he say that? Because he had enough salt to say that. Mm. Some of y'all have been wondering, boy, I want to be like Jesus. I wish I could get to a level where I could have followers and tell them the truth. The Lord wants you to have that kind of influence. He wants you to get so salty that if you were able to say like Jesus did to Peter or to the sons of thunder, you don't know what spirit you're of. That the salt's there to support that. Because they didn't run. They said, he just loved me. Yeah, that hurt, but man, he just gave me a big old hug. Let me know as sincere as I am, I'm sincerely wrong. Compassion will do something about it. But compassion is full of salt. When you get salty enough, you can't run them off. They'll latch on to you, won't let you go. And that's what God's calling us to, as credible witnesses, to become the salt and the light. But pastor, man... People are attracted to me, but I got these voices and I got this weakness and I got this trouble and I don't want to have a life. Good, good. You need more Jesus. That's why at New Life Fellowship, 
every time we come together. It's an invitation to people that come, guests. You can have more of Jesus than you can imagine. You can't even comprehend the level he wants to bring. And that experience, is, it don't stop because your church didn't, we didn't have church on Monday. No, when you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you can speak to that person in the mirror and get that old man back in the grave, and you can have a downpour right there before you brush your teeth. That's how, that's how readily available the Lord wants to come to his house suddenly. The moment you feel after him. Oh, I'm a pastor, I'd rather have a cup of coffee first. I understand. And God will work with that. It's not that the cup of coffee is more important. It's just that you're getting to a place where he's going to be more important until you can get up at 2 o'clock in the morning without a cup of coffee and have a download. And when you lay back down, you get the kind of rest. Because you're walking in it. The Lord is calling everyone in this room to step up to the plate and be his daughters and sons. And to get the kind of salt that he's ready to invest in you that gives you the identity he had from you from the beginning. And instead of pleasing people, you can serve them while you please him. Power now. Oh, that's power. Please God and serve others. That's power. Because you when you serve them, you tell them the truth. You love them. You don't beat them up. You don't add to the accuser's voice. You add to the good news voice. And you pick them up and you pull them out of hell. Father, I thank you for your word today because there's hunger in this room. There's thirst. And you've made this group and those who are online, you've made them ready to hear this word. And you're ready to come to your temple like a rushing mighty wind. You're ready to feel your house. Not this building, but your house. Oh, your children with your word, living word. Utterances from the very throne room. You're ready to speak out of them. Oh, and push back the darkness. And clear the path. Mm, thank you, Lord. Let that kind of salt become evident in their lives, Lord. Thank you for being an ever-present help in time of need. For we all need you, Jesus. Amen. Could we stand and just lift our hands and surrender? Be daddy's little baby. Let him pick you up and embrace you and hug you right now. Guest. Thank you for coming. You don't have to stay if you don't want to. But we're going we're gonna to let Daddy just kind of pick us up. Some of us from the ashes. <sighs> from the mire. From the storm. It's time to live. He's as real as you'll let him be right now. If you need me to pray for you, I'll pray with you. You can come forward and run into daddy's arms whatever it is you feel but be filled with the spirit before you leave let the wind blow in your life let the spirit of God take over in Jesus name